Welcome to the Make It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Make It Happen. This is episode five. I'm joined here on the couch with my good friend, fellow chef, owner of Kitchen Cray, JR, his business partner, Danny. Very happy to have you guys in town. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? How you doing? Man, chilling, man. Just pushing through, working, making it happen. There you go. Like, the only way. Give the people a quick little interview. We'll get into all, not interview, in, intro. We'll get into, like, all the specifics about, uh, you know, who you are, what you've been doing, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm Chef JR. Everybody call me Chef JR Robinson. I've been in the game for about 21 years, strong right now. I'm from New York, live in D.C., you know, started Kitchen Craig. The Craig is the acronym. The C is for the creativity. The R is for the revolution we started. The A is for the artistry. We culinary artists. And the Y is for the youth because we do a lot in the community with the youth. I didn't them even know next. that. That's... Yeah, so it's like everything we do, it means something. And, like, we're going for impact. Dropping early gems. I yeah, like that. Yeah, you know the vibes. He was on Hell's Kitchen. I first came across JR watching him on Hell's Kitchen. What season was it? That was season 13, the best season. Season 13, Hell's Kitchen. I watched all, when I first got into cooking, I was like, you know, trying to learn as much as I could. I'm self-taught, unlike yourself. Yeah, I've been. But I I watched all the Hell's Kitchens and I actually came across you. I was living in D.C. at the time, saw you on on there. That's when I first looked you up on on Instagram and and came across you. This is a long time ago, before we ever met. 11 years. (laughs) Yeah, long time, man. Those were the. We'll those get into days, the Hell's yeah, Kitchen stories and get, some, get yeah. some background on that. How about yeah. you, sir? Life is good. Um, Danny Crosby, native Washingtonian, born and raised in Prince George's County, serial entrepreneur. I've been self-employed since 2001. Yeah. And, um, you know, been doing pretty well. Life is good. Life is good. Focused on real estate. Real estate. Real estate-centric. Uh, management firm, development firm. A lot of our stuff is mission-based. Um but that's, that's how Jared and I connected about two years ago. Nice. I was going to ask how y'all guys met. Yeah. We actually, crazy story. Mm-hmm. We actually met. We was both sitting first class going to a friend's birthday party. So I didn't know who he was. We just got off the same Mutual stop. friend? Yeah. Mutual friend, yeah. Oh, wow. Going to Columbia. And, you know, like me, I'm so used to paying for everything. Everywhere I go is like, I just feel like that's the standard. Like I can relate to that. I'm going to get the bill. So mm-hmm. Dan was like, yo... Oh God, you're not even drinking. Like, why are you paying for stuff? And he was like, I got tonight. And I'm like, what you do? Like, nobody ever stopped me from paying something. And then we just locked in. And That's a pro tip for anybody yeah. out there that's trying to, you know, network. Uh, that's two things that I, well, one thing that I noticed about both you guys, first time we ever met, uh, we met at Nobu. I had mm-hmm. a, a private room for a friend's birthday. Yeah. Danny came in and, and insisted on paying something on the bill, which I'm not used to having that happen. I, I like that immediately. And then we were in New York together recently. Yeah. We don't know that know each other that well, but you invited me to We're not going to say what it is because, you know, it's, it hasn't come out yet. But yeah. um, a pretty dope uh, opportunity for me to yeah. be in a room like that uh, with a lot of, you know, uh, highly reputable folks. Yeah. And I appreciate you for that, number one. And then two... You pay for dinner. I, nobody ever buys me dinner. So, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, got to look. Because I, I always think, like, you know, when you're the leader of your crew, everybody's looking to you. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? Let me lighten the load. And that's just how I think as well. I'm that shit like, helps a lot. Yeah. And then we build in a relationship. So it's not like it's going to be a one-off thing. You know, 
I don't hang around a lot of people. Right. Like, if you see me, it's probably always just going to probably be with Dan and maybe another person or two. But other than that, I like to stay out the way, stay in the background, and just let everybody else have a good time. Right. And, like, kind of study humans. Like, And I feel like since I've been in the game opening restaurants, I will always, like, look at people and say, why do, why do humans think this way? Right. And with the restaurant, I was like, you know what? They're nothing but big kids. When you come to a restaurant with your child or a kid, the first thing you do is distract them with a coloring book. Yep. So I'm like, as a, a, a grown-up, you want to be distracted, but in an adult way. So how can we distract you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like a show going on yeah. or something to take your mind off of how long the food is really taking exactly. to come to your table. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like one of those people that just like to watch people, just watch their movements pick up learn little things. Maybe I might overthink it too much, but then a, a good, something good will come out of it. Where do you think that came from? Is there something that you can point to in your life that, that made you that way before you got into food? Before I got into food, I was, <laughs> you know what? I wanted to be, when, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a stockbroker, an accountant. You're from New York, right? I'm from New York or a chef. So people in Virginia never grew up wanting to be a stockbroker. That's got to be like a New York. A new, I used to read all these books on how to become a stockbroker. You see people in the suits and stuff. Yeah, and I didn't want to wear. Right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to wear suits or anything. But I was like low. Key, I'm. I was like low key a mathematician. Like so, mm -hmm. I was like one of those kids that loved math. Like even going to high school, I was like the only one to graduate out of all my friends. Because in New York, people don't really graduate high school because you get caught up in whatever's oh, going on. So yeah, what I would do is I would take summer school in the morning while everybody sleep. Then I would do night school. So in the daytime, I can hang out with my friends while they were cutting school. Right. But I already got my credits, but I didn't really say nothing because, you know, it was what it was. Right. But then when, at the end of the, the fourth year, I'm the only one graduating. The parents are like, how are you graduating? And my kid is not graduating. I'm just like, because <laughs> I had a plan. Right. You know? So... I just feel that's like that's mature though to have that for that, yeah. and that foresight, foresight. Yeah. At, at a young age. And I, I feel like we still think like that. Like, how can we be the leaders in ten steps ahead, but then still put our people on and just create like different platforms? Like, even when I met you, I was just like, "Yo, I could learn a lot from him." Like, he seemed like a solid person. He got his head on straight, and he's like making some noise. Yeah. And I'm like, I come across a lot of people that's making, like, a lot of money, but, like, their morals don't be right. They just, I just don't align with them or connect with them on the level right. where it's just, like, I want to be around this person. And that's what's most important because you can make money with people. You can go out and have fun. You can, you know, yeah. it's always fun when a lot of money's getting spent, people are drinking, people are eating good. Yep. Like, that's that's fun no matter who you with. Yep. But the other stuff, like the when you get down to the nitty gritty, that that stuff's not always fun unless yeah. you got the right partner. Yes, and I tell like even like when on a relationship side of things, not to shift the topic too much, but it kind of relates. Like if you're dating somebody, it's like it's always fun when you're on vacation or mm -hmm. when you, you know, honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. Like it's we're eating every night, going out every night. That's great. But what about when we're in the house watching TV or we got to pay bills, we got to go to the doctor or we got to go to the grocery store or when you got to grind and work? Yeah. Like, I feel like in relationships, like, everybody want to put out the good stuff. Or, you know, this is my husband or my wife and yeah. we're doing X, Y, Z. But at home, 
Y'all it's going not at it like, like cats and dogs. And it's just like, bro, nobody's perfect. Right. Everybody, everybody's going through something. I don't care who you are. If you're human, you're going through something, you've been through something, you might be going through a, a good time right now, but that's going through something. It's not bad, but it's good. Right. But everybody's going through something. And there's different phases in your life where it's just like, you got to grow up, you got to be mature, you got to be real, and you got to be transparent. And I feel like the people that's really successful, they're transparent because somebody can relate to them. Right. When nobody can't relate to you, what are you doing? You that's know, the like, whole reason I wanted to do the podcast because I've had a lot of people who are like, you know, I like what you're doing, but you're like, you don't, it's, it's tough to like for me to be so forthcoming when it's like we're cooking food like, i can't like share my life story or sh- show but so much personality so i'm mm-hmm. looking for ways to like uh branch out a little bit more so that's kind of what pushed me to do to do the podcast and i wanted to give the opportunity i have a large platform and i wanted to give the opportunity to other people yeah. to kind of share their story because people may look up to other chefs or other creators other business entrepreneurs whatever and like want to know more about how they got to where they're at. And it may inspire somebody who's on their come up on, on the grind, trying to figure out what they want to do with themselves. And they could hear something in this conversation that will change their life. Like I started doing everything I did because I heard a conversation that changed my life. So I want to be able to, you know, pass yeah. that on. You got to keep reinventing yourself, man. That's it. Uh, I had this saying, fake it till you make it, but don't forget to make it. You got to make it. Because people get so caught up in faking it, it becomes their lifestyle. And, you know, I try to talk to people. I, I said, it's cool to pretend to do X, Y, Z. But then you got to be real with yourself and actually put in that work, put in that money. Like, do right with your money. Do right, right. by the IRS. You know, like, get that back office team that's going to hold you accountable. Don't put yourself around people that's going to let you fail. Like, I don't like to be around a bunch of weak people that's going to just, anything I say, yeah, that's right, that's right. Like, right. if we got this sauce, if the sauce is not right, Dan is going to say, y'all got to redo it. Yeah, We're not going to sit there and say, yeah, yeah like, Mm-mm. it's good because I made it. That's perfect. That's And that's honestly why I keep the group that I, these people that's yeah. with me, I've known them 10, 15 years, and I, I keep them around me because they know who I was before all of this stuff happened for me. Yeah. So like they know that like we have a real conversation like like hey you you out of pocket like you yeah. can yeah. you should you, you do this and you do that you got to <laughs> slow down you got to we can have that real yeah. conversation whereas somebody you just meet they see things are going well they don't want to rock the boat yep. they just there because the good times are rolling and they want to keep the fun happening yeah uh, but you need real people you need real on people. your team that's why I like my boy Lou too because he we always like yo if something is wrong yo I'm gonna make you mad real quick yeah. And that's, like, how we break the ice. Like, I'm going to make you mad, but I got to tell you this. Yeah. And it's not like I'm really going to get mad, but I know he about to tell me something that's going. Not ideal. Yeah, like, yeah. and nine that's times out of though. ten, yeah, he's right. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? Dang, you're right. Yeah. I do need to do X, Y, Z. So it's good to have those people in your corner that really got your back and care about your brand. Right. And your family. Because at the end of the day, you're embarrassing Everybody, like when Everybody you're the face of something. Yeah. It's bigger than you. And that's bigger something I had you. to realize, like, as things kind of blew up for me, I had to, like, the think the bigger, like, think about the bigger picture. Like, there's people that, 
you know, you you pay their salary. Like they yeah. go home and pay their bills based yeah. off of what you do. Mm-hmm. Like I I could fail tomorrow and be poor again and eat ramen noodles and I'll be all right. But there's a ripple effect to that, and I'm not comfortable living with that. Yeah. Um. So let's go. Let's let's take a step back to like when you first started. Like what what made you get in? You said you wanted to be a stockbroker. Where did you go from there? To being a chef, how did that happen? So in New York, you get to choose the high school you want to go to. They try to treat high school like college. Mm. So I didn't get accepted to the finance school. Okay. Culinary was my number two, so I got accepted to the culinary high school. Was it your number two, like, just as, like, a BS, like, just choice, or you was genuinely interested? I was genuinely interested because by that time, I was already, like, hustling, like, selling cheesecakes. and ah, okay. Doing the lemonade, joining the hood with the shopping cart and the cooler, you know, okay. making money. So I said, you know what? When I went in my class, like I'm the type of person, I would just think like I can be better than right. who I was yesterday, you know. And I would always just push myself to just go out and get it. And I was certified by the time I was 16. Like I had my food, um, my food handler's license and everything. So pies, you know, for Christmas, for holidays, and school actually opened the doors for me to make me love it even more. Mm. Even though I got teased when I went back to the block, because you got to think about it, like in our neighborhoods, we never see men cook. It's not a masculine thing when we were growing up, even though most chefs are men. men. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But but in the hood, we don't, you on the block every day, you're not watching the cooking channel, so you don't know no. Who's cooking and who's not cooking? You just see your grandmother you cooking, your mother cooking. Yeah, you just see women cooking. And back in the day, which is crazy, we never went to restaurants to eat. Right. My grandmother never said, "All right, tonight I got enough money. We gonna go to a restaurant and eat." Like we ate in the house every day, mm-hmm. or it was like McDonald's or the the carryout fast food. Right. Right. So. Once I locked in with that, like, I fell in love with cooking, and my grandmother started bringing me in the kitchen with her, and I just wanted to be make her proud because that was our connection, like, cooking. Mm. And she loved that I loved to cook, so right. it just made me want to go even harder. And then when I went to college, I got a full scholarship for cooking, and I went into all these contests. Like, I got so many awards, and... Like, I was really going ham, like, to the point where people started to notice me, and I was, like, 23 years old, right. killing it, like, winning food competitions with big-name chefs in it. And even to this day, like, a lot of big-name chefs, they hit me up, like, yo, because I'm good at math. I got a party for 100 people. How much brisket should I buy? How much this should I buy? Or what's right. this? Or I see you got this going on. You know a lawyer or, you know, and I share all my information with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the blessings come back because I want to, when I die, I want to be a legend. And I feel like all legends got to leave that gift with the world, with the earth. Like a musician don't just die and not leave music with us, you know. So right. I feel like even with chefs, if I'm giving you material, a restaurant, a cookbook, a sauce, I'm leaving a part of me on the earth. I'm not being selfish. So right. I feel like I can be legend because... I have things that will carry my name. That's you know? true because before we even met in person, I was in New York and I knew you knew Kwame and Tatiana. You can't get a reservation in there; it's yeah. impossible. Yeah, that's so I was it. like, just I, and, about and, that. and I hate asking people for favors because it's like an ego pride thing. Like, yeah. I just don't do it. 
Yeah. But I was like, fuck it, I'm going to ask him. Yeah. Then I hit you, and you got me the reservation. Yeah. I, hit I was my like, boy, damn, yeah. we didn't have to do that. I, we never even met in person yet. Yeah. Like, that was. Nah, because I'm going to look out for people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, yo, he a good dude. And then we know similar people. Right. Because Courtney was like, you got to meet him. You got to be. I was like, <laughs> She all told right, me the cool. same thing about you. I said, all right, cool. We but I hear that happen. about so many people. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> That's why I be like that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then when we actually linked up, I was like, okay, yeah, I rock with him. You know, it was your birthday, right? Uh, it was my friend's birthday. We oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a birthday celebration that I just felt like I, I was tired, but I was like pushing myself. I was you like, showed me, up, though. I said, let me hang out. Let me <laughs> go to each party. But tired. I yeah. don't know why mm-hmm. I was so tired. I don't know what I was going through at the time, but I wasn't myself 100%. Yeah, but I was like, we going we gonna make it work, and then when we went to New York, it was even better. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Time. Like, so for sure. Yeah. All right, so you went to you went to school. You got a uh, full ride scholarship, yeah, scholarship. You won some competitions, and then what? And then my first restaurant that I worked in was a, a four star Thai restaurant in Soho, Manhattan. It was called Kitty Chai. He's actually a famous chef. He was on Iron Chef, and I learned so much. All the chefs there were Japanese, so I was just like a giant to them. I'm six four, everybody like five three, five two, so everybody's like scared of me for real. So nobody wouldn't really correct me because yeah. they look like they would say, "If I show you how to do this right, you're not gonna hit me." <laughs> I'm like, bro, come on, I'm here to learn. Yeah. And I was working with this one chef, and he said, "If you if you could keep this white." Napkin under your cutting board, clean. I'll teach you how to clean monkfish. So I would destroy this napkin every day. This joint is black. <laughs> and then one day I said, you know what? Let me watch what he do right. to keep his white. Like, I should have, it took me months to say, why am I not, you know what I'm saying? And then I watched how he moved with finesse and he had his side towels and he actually used them. Right. And he took his time. He was organized. And I started practicing that. And then, like, within, like, the next 30 days, he came and he was like, all right, now we're going to move on to this. And then once he taught me that, he was like, we're going to put you on the roof to do sushi. So I was, like, the first black dude doing <laughs> sushi. So people would come out there to watch me make sushi. Yeah. And I, you don't I, see that every day. Yeah, you don't. So I was. You look like you could play for the Wizards or something. And they thought I was a basketball player. Yeah. Like, yo, he's 6'4". And back then I was like athletic bill because I was like 20 what 21 22 years old right and then from there I I came out here I used to come out here for the summers then I got a job at the Ritz Carlton so I was like a line cook there at the Ritz Carlton and then from the Ritz Carlton I went to um, Blue Duck Tavern we were top three in the city at the time in DC in DC and all we I cooked 24 7 bro like I am not lying I worked the morning shift the night shift if you called out overnight, I'm working your shift to the point where they was like, yo, you got to clock out. And I'm like, I loved it there. Like, I did not yeah. want to go home because the chef was teaching us so much. He didn't, all he cared about was food. He didn't care about human life. He was <laughs> like, I respect the food more than life. He was the head chef? He was, the, he chef? was the chef of cuisine. And I learned so much from him. And I feel like the whole team did. Like, he taught us, like, how to really work as a team. If one mess up, we all mess up. Right. If your station is trash, everybody got to start over. And when we left him, everybody that left that restaurant became a big chef somewhere or a restaurant owner. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really 
appreciated working there. And then, you know, working, opening your own restaurant, people don't tell you the things you got to go through to open a restaurant. There's so many different obstacles you have to, you know, go through just to open your doors to put food on somebody's table right? for them to try to re- criticize it, you know? That's, <laughs> that's a whole new, and, and it's, it's getting worse now. Like crazy. everybody with an iPhone now can be and, a food critic. And with me, you know, culinary arts, food is an art, so... I always say before you go somewhere, learn about the chef. Learn what his style is. Learn who he is. Because it's just like art. Like some people might call, oh, this is ugly because they don't understand the artist. Once you understand the artist, the chef, then you can appreciate what he's bringing you. Right. When you're going in there with a closed mind and don't understand the chef or the artist, of course you're going to think something tastes a certain way because you don't know his style. Or your palate's not developed. Like you, you might be eating at... Applebee's, and now you this is your first time at, at an omakase sushi experience. It's like you're not ready yet. You gotta not, you gotta start at step it. yeah. You gotta work your way up to that. You don't go from uh, a California road to yeah. Hamachi. To like, yeah, you gotta like, yeah, you gotta work your way up. Gotta work your way up, and you gotta actually study and understand what's going on. Because if if you did a little research. You wouldn't say something tastes nasty. You would say, oh, this is what I thought it would taste like. Yeah, or what was like what you don't like about it. It's too acidic. It's too sweet. It's too Because if I that. say, hey, this sauce is sweet, tangy, or whatever, and you try it, and it's sweet and tangy, you're like, oh, this is what I thought it would taste like. Yeah. Now, if you didn't know, and you expecting the hot sauce, and you tasting in this sweet, tangy, you're like, this is nasty. I thought it was going to be hot sauce, because you didn't take the step to actually learn about yeah. what that, you put in your body. That same philosophy could be applied to almost everything in everything. life. Everything. In business. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. People don't take the time to learn they don't take the time. much. Like, and, and the crazy thing about it is we have more information easily accessible to us now than ever before. Before, you have to go to the library, get an encyclopedia, look some shit up. Now yeah. you got the power of like all the knowledge in the world in the palm of your I hand. I can learn whatever I want to learn about you and, by typing in your name. And people just don't don't they take don't the time do to do it. You can you can um, do a whole story and tell people exactly what to do, and they still say, "How do I do it?" Yeah, do it for me. That's really what they're like, saying. They don't read. I told yeah. you the time, the date, the address, and the first thing you ask me: What time does it start? Where is it? Then the next question: What's the date? It's just like, do y'all even? Open your, like, use your eyes and your brain for something, please. <laughs> and I'm not trying to disrespect nobody. It's true, though. But it's just like the world we live in is trash because <laughs> nobody wants to do nothing for themselves. Like, take the extra step. And that's all it takes is, like, just take a little extra energy to say, let me just see what's going on. Oh, perfect. This is what I want to do. I think I would like this. Or say, this is not for me before you even go in. Yeah. For example, if you don't like loud music, why would you go to a nightclub and then complain that the music was loud right. and that it was dark? It's just like, and that's what these critics do. Yeah. And I, I feel like they've been doing it for so long. It's just, it's acceptable because I used to hear like comedians talk about critics. Like, why would you come to my, sh- you don't understand my jokes or understand yeah, me. If you don't like foul language, why yeah, would you like, come to and you're uh, in my here show? Rating me. Right. And you're a PG Raider. Like, no, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't even. This isn't for you. Yeah. Everything's not for everybody. Exactly. So that's why I don't really get mad. Like a lot of restaurant owners, I remember when I first opened my first spot, 
I used to read every review and I used to be mad oh. and I used to type up stuff and then delete it just to get it off my chest. But then I started to realize, I'm like, the revenue didn't change. I still have my core people. They understand me. Your audience will find you. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, so I'm just like, I'm doing the right thing. And I I can have a thousand people come. If two people complain, I'm focusing on why they complain instead of celebrating the success. That same thing happens in social media. Like, we'll, we'll have a post, a recipe, 400 comments, positive, two people leave a throw-up emoji, and you're like... You want to yeah, you want to like, cuss yo. them out like what, what what what's the problem? But you ignore all of the love yeah. that you get. Like your your restaurants, I've been to your restaurants. Yeah. It's, it's packed. Like yeah. it's always packed. Mm-hmm. But that one negative review, that the one, one no, the fish was cold or whatever. It's like ah. Uh, and and I, I tell people, I'm like, we are not perfect. You might get nobody's perfect. If when you go into a busy spot, something might take too long. Something might come out wrong. Yeah. The best thing you can do is let us fix it before you leave. That's it. If you don't give us a chance to fix it, then I can't really respect you or value your opinion because I know we're not perfect. You're not telling me something new. Yeah. Oh, that happened. Oh, that can that happens in the finest restaurants in the world. Right. It can happen. But what did you do? Did you speak to a manager? Did you give us a chance to redeem ourselves? And the thing about it is people in the kitchen that, that care about what they do, they, they, they want to fix it. They, they don't want a bad dish to go out with their name yeah. on it. Like, if, if I fuck something up, I, I want to, like, put my full focus into making that right. Yep. So, like, it's okay to, 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 to comment on if something's not right or you get the wrong thing or yeah. whatever the case may be, whatever the issue is. It's okay to address it and, and have it corrected. You might do you might do a post or like, hey, we doing the event. The last one was too busy. We didn't even get in. I'm not wasting my time. Right. Okay. Sorry. Like, what you want me to say to you? Come earlier? Like, do you want me to let me? I'm gonna walk out there and hold your hand and walk you to the front of the man, line and treat you I, like I've been doing Princess so Diana. Like, I, I heard it all, seen it all. Man, and now now you can't nothing, please everybody. That's, yeah, nothing, that's nothing, a fact. nothing could really like I feel like can phase me now that I'm learning like more self aware and learning more about myself and learning more about my history. You know, taking mental therapy. Me and Dan, Dan, like we do the therapy thing. You know, I need to get into that. Yeah, and I feel I like need once, bad once you once you get on a higher level where you can't really talk to people because they might use you opening up to them against you. Right. In your weakest moments, everything is confidential. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you can let it out. And I, I just did counseling today. And, you know, the counselor was just talking about how men just hold everything in. And it's yep. just like it's killing you. One, you burying yourself in that. You got to let it out. So you got to let it out. That's you know? a fact. Yeah. yeah. And there's such a negative stigma on mental health and therapy. Change the wording. I consider it my thought partner. Yeah, I have somebody that I have a confidential thought partner, helps me organize my thoughts, mm-hmm. gives me guidance on some of the motivations and why I may think the way I do, and it just helps us become more self-aware. That's that's well put, and it's not it's not necessarily that I I don't want to do it. Like it's something that I know I need, and I've like actually called multiple people and none of them called me back. Maybe they're too busy or they they're booked up. We'll refer the, the group that we work with. Please. Absolutely. Or, or, or they know who you are because a lot of people, they feel like if they're a fan, they can't talk mm. to you. So that was my issue too because 
As soon as they found out, oh, that's you? My sister worked for you. I was at the bank today for a business bank meeting, blah, blah, blah. She's like, and I guess her son knew me. And she's like, can I take a selfie? I'm like, we're supposed to be talking about my finances here. You want to take a picture? Now I'm uncomfortable. You looking at all my money and all the things I'm doing or where I spent my money and what I did with, like all of that stuff. Now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's why I like to work with, like, not trying to be funny, but people that don't have, like, big followings when I'm, doing like getting certain services yeah because i'm like all right i know you don't care about that like right or you're not trying to expose nothing or look for something to say look you know and that's what i look for too i'm like let me see your instagram because you're yeah. if you're out there wilding <laughs> like nah i can't i can't right and and i used to have to have talks with myself like like look at myself in the mirror and say what you posted yesterday on your story, did that inspire you? You know, like sometimes, like you get drunk and you, you, uh, you in the moment. And then the, you wake up in the morning, like, yo, that I gotta was delete me. That. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just like, shout out to Instagram for close friends. Cause, you know. Or like Twitter. I used to be real bad yeah. about like tweeting something in the moment and then tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I gotta delete Said, that for yeah. sure. And it's already out there. Right. And people so probably screenshot it. At least with the close it. friends, the, the 10, People you got in there, yeah. they on your level. They know the vibes. Right. You know they know right. what it is. Is y'all inspire each other? Y'all push each other? Y'all oh, you trust those people in there, right? So I'm glad that they actually they thought about right. that. But it's important because as as you elevate, as we elevate, you know we need to be more thoughtful of our actions, right? Because yeah. we're impacting more than just ourselves. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then we younger. talk about alignment and collaborations. We have to be discerning. We have to be discerning. We have to make sure that we know that our value in our brand yep. and be discerning in how we align with that. Right. I said something uh, the other day to a friend of mine. We were talking about, like, writing down our goals and things like that. And how do you organize your, like, time management, basically. Mm-hmm. And I had to take my own advice because I, I was talking to him. We had a conversation. Like, at the beginning of the year, everybody's talking about what they're going to do, New Year, New Me, writing down my goals, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, the exercise you should do, like a thought experiment, just sit down and like, what do you care about the most? Like, who do you want to be? What's most important to you? Write that down first. Top three, five things that's most important to you. Mm-hmm. And then look at how you spent your time last year. Is how you spent your time and your resources, does that align with what's most important to you? Most of the time it's not. It's everybody will say, I want to be healthy. Yeah. I want to have a good relationship with my wife. I want to have a good relationship with my kids. I want to, you know, save money and they're like what did you do last year oh i went to parties i ate junk food i like you didn't do anything that you said is most important to you so like i think that's a good thought experiment for everybody to do is to like identify what's important to you and then make sure that your resources and your time aligns with that yeah be intentional with what you that's what it you're doing like because we only got 24 hours in a day and our yeah. lifespan is short no matter how long we I live we can live to 100 it's still not that long 50 summers left I That's got it. about 50 summers left. I'll be 40 this year. And and when I when I do my goals, I would do like a have a plan on how to get to my goal, like how to achieve that goal. Action plan. Yeah, and then once I achieve it, what's the next goal? And right. then once I achieve that, how can I give back to my community? Um, what can I take away from my life that I feel like is making me suffer or Something that I feel like that I need that's not good. Like some people might say, I gamble too much. 
So now you got to make that sacrifice. Can you go gambling without a whole year to sacrifice to reach your goals, your money goals? Right. And just really hold yourself accountable, be intentional, and then put the people around you that's going to hold you accountable too. And just, you know, elevate and succeed and actually kill your goal. Because once you put it on your brain, you start working towards it without yeah. you even knowing every day. Because I heard um, Joey... Joey Badass, I was looking at his Instagram, and he was like, prayer is a way to put something in the universe to try to manifest it. Like, whatever you're saying to the universe, to God, you're praying for it, and then it's on your mind, and you just start working towards it. So it, was, right. it, it made me think, like, you know what? That makes sense. Like, right. whatever you're putting out, and you just start working towards it, like, without even thinking about it and then putting yourself in positions and around people to get to where you need to be and the people around you, you can bring them with you if they want to go. Cause you can't bring, you can't force people to do something that they're not or that they don't want to be. Cause everybody don't see your vision. Everybody don't want to live your dream or your life. Some people are like, I'm good at this level right here. Thanks bro. Appreciate And We you. need those people. Yeah. Those people serve a, a, a very a important purpose. purpose in the world. Yeah. And you said something, like accountability to me, discipline and accountability are the two things that will take you wherever you want to go in this world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're tough. Like, it's, yeah. it's tough to hold yourself accountable, it's look yourself in the mirror. like gym every day. <laughs> and eating right. It's like, all right, well, yeah, I go to the gym, but my diet's been it's shit. Trash. Yeah. That's why I look, that's why I haven't lost the 15 pounds. I, yeah. I, my goal was to lose 15 pounds. Yeah. It's three months later. I haven't lost but three or four pounds. It's because of these things. Most people are making an excuse for themselves. It's like, yeah. oh, well, it was my birthday. It was Valentine's Day. It was this. It was that. Yeah. Discipline no and accountability. Those two things intertwine. Yeah. You, can, you can go wherever you want. Yep. And as hard as it is to do that as an individual, that's why we have accountability partners. Yeah. That's why no I tag one got, y'all No one day. got to this couch by themselves. I didn't get here yeah. by myself. Yeah. You didn't sit there by yourself. Yeah. It took a team. It took support. It took your community. And once you understand that, then you pour back into it. That's it. And that's how I see it. Then you start motivating people. Like, so right. many other chefs like, yo, tag me in that, too. Yeah. Because if you're going to the gym, then I need to get up and go to the gym. Right. Just right. Like- That's why I post it. And, and I shouldn't because, I mean, I should. But, like, the the gym that I go to in this area, yeah. it's, everybody, it's, it's a popular gym. Yeah. So, like, now people that go to this gym now, like, oh, I knew, I saw you posted it. I yeah. came and, like, yeah. tell me about the lamb chop recipe. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> but... You know, it's, it's dope to inspire people. Yeah. And, and, like, that's why I show some of the stuff that I show because I want to do that. Because I need the motivation, too. Right. Everybody you, needs motivation. Yo, when I see y'all going to the gym, I'm like, let me get up. Right. Get up. They are in the gym. Too. I got to go twice now. because yeah, I'm gotta, just like, and then I start tagging y'all. Y'all, I'm like, all right. I'm competitive, too. So, like, I want to, I want to, like, keep, yeah. Do more. Because I see you said part two. I'm yeah. like, oh, he going <laughs> twice. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> So tell us, all right, so um, what led you to the to the Hell's Kitchen um, it, show? It's a, yo, that's a crazy story. I was in D.C., right? And I get a call, like, they doing the Hell's Kitchen, but they'll they, um, bring you on if you come to New York. So I was like, I just got to come to New York. They said, the lady said, yo, come to New York. It's like four people went to New York, did the audition within two days, or three days, I was in L.A. Most people, it, it takes months. Yeah. I don't know what I did different or who knew me out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just started Kitchen Cray, so it was just like 
You had just opened your first restaurant? I didn't open the restaurant, but I just started Kitchen Cray as a company. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And we were doing this thing called um, Kitchen Takeovers, where we come into your kitchen and turn whatever you have in your fridge and your cabinet to a five-star meal. And when we started, we was turning Lunchables into creme brulee. <laughs> and it was fun. It was crazy. By the time we got to the fifth house, lamb chops, lobster, because they knew we were coming. Yeah. But I went down there. I did the interview, ended up in um, L.A., and it's a crazy process because while you're out there in L.A., you you in the room, and they give you a packet, and I think it's like 100 questions or maybe 1,000 questions because they want to see if you can finish something, mm. if you can start it and if you can finish it. It makes sense because it's a long process. And they ask you the same question 1,000 times in a different way. And I'm just like, and you got two weeks to finish this because it's a lot. Then you got to see a psychiatrist and you go see the psychiatrist because you see a lot of people, they get depressed. They start committing suicide. Like they start mm -hmm. seeing stuff and hearing things. So you're locked in there. You don't have a f access to your phone or how does they that work? They take your phone. They take everything from how, you. How long is the full? It depends on when you get eliminated. Right, right, right. For me, it was like a month and a half. Mm. And when when you go in, you do see a lot of mental breaks on Hell's Kitchen. Like yeah, really a, like when you see them people breaking down, that's real because they ain't see their family in like two months. Yeah, so you see your mother walk through the door, you like, you know, you're alive. Like, like imagine I got a five month old kid and you haven't seen him. Yeah, in, in and you got to think about it on Hell's Kitchen. When you there, we can't listen to music, can't watch TV because you don't know when it's gonna air. So they don't want to. Mm. Mess it up to make it seem like, oh, that was filmed 10 years ago. You know, Man, that's so, traumatic. It, w it was a lot. And then when y'all watching the show, we sleeping on twin beds, bro. <laughs> Grown people, Six, four. five people in the room, different backgrounds. That's tough. Like, you watched my episode. The first night, we ain't have no hot water. People in there stink, bro. Like... <laughs> We in there taking cold showers, like it was, it was, it was hell. And all the walls are like, I guess are like glass because they got cameras looking at you. You're not getting no sleep. If you do go to sleep, they don't cut the lights off until the last person get in the bed. Damn. So you sitting there every like every day. I was just like, yo, send me home. Like I, I didn't know it was like this. Send me home. And the producer's like, no. It doesn't work like that. You just can't go home. You got to mess up. <laughs> so I was like, all right, say less. And I just stopped caring after a while. Like, you could, Gordon's like, man, you just don't care. Because I just didn't care. Like, if I'd have had the mindset I had now back then, I probably. How old were you when you did that? I was 29. Okay. And I'm 39 now. So 10 years ago, you was 10 years ago. And I just wanted to, I just started Kitchen Crate. So I'm like, I need to go home. Get back I don't know work. what's going on with my business. You know, right. like, we just got started having a little buzz. So I was like, as long as I don't get eliminated first, I'm good. Right. So I made it to, like, round four. I was happy with that. If you look at anybody that was on my season, what are they doing now? So it doesn't matter if you get eliminated first or if you win the show. It's all about what you do with that 15 seconds. And I feel like a lot of them, when they leave these shows, 
they are not prepared for the world. Right. They think everything is going to fall in their lap. Um, in your contract, it says you can live your life how you were living it before you went on the show. So before I went on the show, I made sure I did some media on the news so I don't have to ask permission, can I go do a news interview? A lot of them never did that. So they would get everything they wanted to do, it got rejected. Mm. So like when people want to go on these shows, they really got to read the contracts. And back then, it's like you signing off on the contract where it's just like, yo, we own everything you do for the next five years because the show, no, I'm getting 20 million views. You came here with nothing. So anything that you get is going to be because you said you was on this show. Yeah. So that's why you never see me really saying I was on the show or have it in my bio or this and that because I'm just like, that's not what made me. You know, right. like, I always was going to be lit because I didn't win the show and I'm lit. You know what I'm saying? And the person that won the show or that won any of these seasons, what are they doing? Right. What type of life are they living? Like, do we hear about them? Do we even... See, you know what I'm saying? Like, and sometimes they reach out to me and I'm just like, you won the show. Like, that's a gem though, because a lot of people ask me why I haven't been on any of these cooking shows that I've turned down at least four or five of them because of the contracts. Like, mm -hmm. there are, there's language in the contracts that's so restrictive. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense for somebody that's in my position from a business perspective. If I didn't have what I had going on business wise, yeah. It would be a, a more appealing opportunity, but it just doesn't make sense for me to do it. Like if you're somebody that doesn't have any products for sale, you don't have, you know, uh, any, you know, ad money coming in. You don't have an infrastructure in place. Then go, sure, for, it. go yeah. for it. Knock yourself out. I hope you win. Yeah. Kill it. But for me, like I'm not going to sign off on not being able to do things because I'm on your show. Yeah. Like I don't need your show. I would like to do a show. Now, certain shows, they let you, like, I would feel like Top Chef. Mm. I would do that show. Okay. Because it seemed like the chefs that do Top Chef, they branch off and do their own they thing. Do they things, stay yeah. active. But these other shows, when it's just one-off. It's probably who's in charge. And the problem is, is, is these fucking media executives that work for Fox or work yeah. for whatever that don't have an Instagram following. Nobody knows who they are. And they're calling all the shots, yeah. But they don't, they don't have any understanding of the business or what, what we actually have to go through outside of that show. Yep. Nor do they care what's going and, on. And you got to think about the contract be like over a hundred pages. Who's reading all that? It's no way you reading a hundred. And most of these people don't have a, a attorney, attorney that works with them. Mm -mm. So you sitting there like, this is the greatest opportunity. This is my, of my first. Life. I get to be on TV. Yeah. Nobody even watches TV anymore. Nobody watches. Meanwhile, TV you're giving anymore. away the farm just to get on TV. On, on a show that nobody like, people yeah. watch it. But on if you're gonna, if you got a good social media following, you might get fifteen, twenty million views a month. That show, what depending on what show it is, they yeah. might not get fifteen, twenty million views a month. Mm -mm. Yep. And you, so you you're gotta, better you off in certain it. instances. Back then, TV was popping because it wasn't. Oh, ten years media. ago, TV was the yeah the, the thing. We watch TV now. now the platform. Nobody no, has cable anymore. TV doesn't exist. Nobody, like, if, if I'm watching TV, it's going to be like a Netflix show, a classic. Or, that only, that's, I'm, I'm talking about, like, when I say TV, I mean cable television. Yeah, nobody's watching, not unless it's a basketball, a sporting, right. you know, like. Sports alone is keeping cable television alive right yeah, now. Yeah, facts. Not for long either, because YouTube just bought the rights to, to the NFL. Not the mm. rights to the NFL, but they're. 
the the platform that's being like Sunday Ticket is through yeah. YouTube now. Oh wow! Cable television is gonna die it's very gonna, yeah. soon. Yep. So that's it's, why I just, wanted to build what, like I'm, what I'm trying to build. And all you, yeah. Everything is so. But you know what was funny? I went to the gas station and I seen like a whole bunch of Teslas lined up, waiting for a charge. <laughs> so I'm just like, I go in, take me two minutes, get my gas, and I'm gone. They're waiting in line for hours just to charge. And I was talking to one of my friends. She said, yeah, like, that's how it is when you have a Tesla. Like, you might be sitting there waiting for an hour or two just to charge. Then you got to do the supercharge to take, like, 20 to 40 minutes. One of my boys got an electric car. A, a, a four-hour trip took him 12 <laughs> hours. Dang. Get a charge six times. And I'm yeah. just like. Hard pass. Yeah, I'm just like, mm. this is, like, what are we going to do with this issue? Because they saying by, what, 2030, all cars have to be electric? Depends on who's the uh, the the president and who's in charge of making the yeah. decisions. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I don't want to get we, into all of that. Yeah, Nobody's it's, it's crystal crazy. ball is perfect. No. That far out, it's everybody's guess. Who knows? It's, it's and then there's crazy. other countries, like, like well, I don't, I don't want to get into all that, but there's yeah. other countries, I won't say who, yeah. they don't have any restrictions on their fossil fuels. They're opening more plants they're doing all of it and they they have way more uh a higher population than us and they got no restrictions they're just running it up trying to you know take over the world yeah you just gotta pick your battles a bit what makes sense so when you started cooking what made you like say this is something i want to do like yeah you just like and, and and on top of that say you know what i'm not gonna go to school i'm gonna do it myself so that's that's a good question. So I, I originally started cooking because I moved out when I was like 17 and I got my first apartment and um, I didn't have money to eat out. So I was like, I got to cook. Figure this out. So, <laughs> so you just, you know, trying to make stuff that you could eat and, yeah. and save money. And then we uh, in my neighborhood. Well, in high school, we threw parties. We threw all the high school teen parties and then we threw parties and like the college age once we graduated high school. So we would pregame at my apartment before we would go out to the club. Yeah. People would come over, they would eat. They're like, oh, this is good. And like, oh, shit, it's good. Like, I didn't, I didn't know it was good because I never was confident enough to let anybody try the food. And then once people start telling you that it's good, it's like, oh, maybe. I think everybody looks for what's their thing. So like once people started telling me that the food was good, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm good at this. So I started to like get more passionate about it and like try to get better at it. I got a pretty addictive personality, so like once I get into something, I want to master it. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I don't get into golf and shit like that because yeah. I'm gonna be on the golf course forty Try hours a week <laughs> trying to figure out how to get really good yeah. at this thing. So that's how I, I got obsessed with just getting better and better at cooking. Um, and I I had kind of like a negative perception about going to college just in general. Because I went to community college. I, I didn't have a lot of money growing up. I didn't have any family that could help me. I didn't get any scholarships. So I was, like, was going to have to pay for school out of my pocket. And I just didn't want to be broke. Yeah. So like I was working two jobs, just trying to like pay for my apartment. And then throw student loans on top of that just didn't make sense. Um, and I just didn't want to go to college. Yeah. So like I felt like a lot of the stuff, unless you're trying to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a neurosurgeon or something like you got to go to school for that but if Mm -hmm. you want to learn how to cook like you can learn how to cook i may not learn how to like be a a michelin star chef yeah by teaching myself 
but I can get good enough that I, like, I didn't want to be necessarily a, a chef at a restaurant, but I just wanted it to be my thing. It was a hobby for me at the time. Yeah. And then once social media kept growing, I got a job in, um, you know, sales at Capital One. I was working for the bank. I learned a lot about sales and marketing. And I was like, oh, shit, I could take my passion and my hobby and monetize it and apply all of these principles that I learned from, you know, corporate America and kind of like marry those two things together. And then it was off to the races. But I'm I'm the type of person, like, I feel like how you do anything is how you do everything. Like, I want to be good at what I'm doing. Like, there's a lot of... I don't want to like throw salt on people like there. I, I, I don't knock how people make money or what yeah. they're doing or how they build their following. Not everybody is that passionate about what they're doing. Like people don't take the time to really learn their craft. I'm the opposite. Like I want to learn as much as I can. Like I genuinely care about learning how to be a good chef. Like yeah. I want to learn how to be a good cook. I want to make things from scratch. I want to learn all of that. Yeah. No, that's important to me. Yeah. Because I feel the same way about school, man. I feel like college got about 10 more years to make money off of people because these young kids are making They're raking money it in right now. A young age is like, well, why would I go to college to sit in these classes and not ever use what I'm learning in there? Every the friend that I had, because I always hung out with people that are older than me, so everybody I knew that went to college, none of them did this shit they went to college degree, for. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, so you're $50,000 in debt. You're making $35,000 a year. The shit just, the yeah. math wasn't adding up. Yeah. You said you're a math guy. I was like, that doesn't yeah. take much for me to that, fit, when I went realize to college, that doesn't that was, make sense. I said, yo, if I can't get a full scholarship, I'm leaving before yeah. I graduate. Mm-hmm. And they, they started creating these programs, and they didn't want me to leave. They was like, no, because we actually helped create the culinary program at Monroe College. Our first class was at a bottom of a restaurant because we really got a group of students together to create this. Now they have one of the biggest culinary facilities in New York. Yeah. So, like, just seeing that, and I, I used to go back and, you know, speak to the students. They would have my pictures up on the wall, like, because I felt like I changed the game. When I was in um, culinary school, they said, the most you would make is 80000 a year if, you be, if you're an executive chef and this and that. And then in 2016, I sold $4 million worth of food. And I told him, I said, I'm not going to make that. That's what you make. That's what right. you don't put your don't put yeah. your limits on me. Don't put it on me. I said, I hear you. And congratulations. And y'all can make do whatever y'all want. But I was always that kid in the class. Like, I'm going to do better than that. I'm like, I can do whatever I put my mind to. You right. know, I made it here without any help. So I can do whatever I put my mind to and. Once I started, you know, building the right relationships, it's going to put you in doors where money can't even get you. Because even once you start making money, you could just be a person that make money, but can't really elevate or do anything with it because you don't have no relationships. Like, you're an a-hole to everybody, cocky, you you feel like your shit don't stink, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like I'm always, like, a calm person. Like, people could come to talk to me. I'm always willing to help out. Like, like even when I came to you about the tour situation, I'm just like, yo, let's add that component. And when we could put somebody through culinary school or feed yeah. a men's shelter or, you know, give back to that community. And we had this thing called positive peer pressure. Even, like, when we work out, I feel like that's positive peer pressure because I'm just like, 
he's making himself healthy. I need to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's feeding his community. I need, you know, I don't care how much money you make. What impact are you making in your community or in someone's life? So right. that's, that's always my mindset. Because once you get out out of the the not the rat race, but like I tell people or, or friends of mine, like once you get to a point where you're not stressed about money anymore, your life's completely different. You yeah. you start to you're like born again at that point. Like when you're not worried about how to pay this bill, that bill, and like you're not worried about like how much dinner costs. It's called and, auto pay. Yeah, yeah. Like once <laughs> once that concern is off the table, you're a whole new person, and now you can yeah. live a different, completely different life. So, and being able to give back and help too. other people, yeah, for sure, it, it could go the wrong way. I, I always tell people, it's two things: your vision has to be greater than your the situation that you're in. Yeah, when you're in the mud and the dirt, and then once you rise above that your vision has to be greater than the temptation that's about to come. That's a because fact. Because... That's exactly what I was just about to get to. <laughs> the temptation is going... You Now you have the power to do the things that you always yep. dreamt of doing, so... They say money doesn't change people, makes them more of who they already are. Exactly. So just make sure that you have your core yes. aligned with Make sure with you your stay locked in with that vision, whether you in that's the struggle advice. or you successful, like, just... Always have those morals and those, like, have that foundation. Right. And I feel like a lot of guys, they they get so caught up in the money part, they forget everything. And it's just like. Cause it's not all about money. Once oh. you get to a certain level of money, unless you're, like, mega rich buying yeah. yachts and, and private jets and shit, like, you can all eat at the same places, wear the same clothes, drive the same car. Well, yeah. not, not the same car. You got a pretty nice car, but <laughs> like you can drive nice cars, you can wear nice clothes, you can eat at nice restaurants. You could do kind of what you want. For the do. most part, you yeah. can live the same life yeah. for the most part. And it's just like I've been with people that feel like, you know, since I'm making more money, this person is beneath me. And I'm right. just like, you might be in a situation tomorrow where you need help. For sure. But the mm -hmm. way your attitude is going, nobody's going to want to help you. Or that janitor with you. might be might somebody be tomorrow. Yeah. You never know. You he treat everybody be... with respect if they, if they deserve it. You know, you, you treat them with respect initially, and then mm -hmm. after that, you got to earn it afterwards. Exactly. I'm going to give you the respect that I want when I meet you. Yep. And then I try to, like you said earlier, you kind of scope the scene, identify somebody's character, and I treat you accordingly. Yeah. But initially, I'm going to give you the respect that I feel like I will want in return. Because once I see people acting a certain way, I kind of like, start, oh, yeah. Nah, I don't want to be around this. Absolutely. Because I get invited to a lot of things that I don't go to, and they like, why you never come anywhere? And it's just like, I saw the guest list, and I, I yeah. don't feel comfortable around certain people and certain things because, you know, once you go up that ladder, people start talking shit about you. For sure. And then they want to smile on your face and take pictures and then treat you a certain way and then try to stab you in your back. They, they try to, like, lure you in close to, like, bring, tear you down. Yeah. Try and to this get is stuff the, the crabs in the barrel mentality. Like, people don't want to see. Like, a lot of times your biggest supporters don't be the people that you grew up with yeah. or the people from your neighborhood or people from your city. It's a stranger. Yeah. In the, I got a guy, like, we, we did an event. One time in, in L.A. or outside of L.A., yeah. dude I never met in my life. He supports everything I ever did. He drew, drove like two hours to come meet us and, and chop yeah. it up. I'm like, damn, like I got people 
that I, I've paid their bills before that they won't, won't do, buy yeah. a product from me, don't repost my shit, don't like nothing. Bro, people that stuff I don't on my mess couch. With. Like, I've done so much mm-hmm. for you, and you don't show me any People support. that I don't mess with, they know I don't mess with them. Yeah, me too. 100%. I make it very and I talk shit about clear. them, and I talk shit about them to their face, and I ain't trying to start nothing, but I just don't. If I don't mess with you, you're going to know. usually a reason, though. Yeah, and like, it's a reason. It's a valid reason. That you did, you did, and you really burnt the bridge with me. And it's just like, I'm not gonna take money out of your pocket or anything. But we know we don't mess with each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's and fair. It, and it, it'll be clear. And it's like, it is what it is. You know right. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just, it's just certain people. And, and it's not a lot of people. It's just a few. Like, cause I don't really harp on things, and you know, a lot of things don't get under my skin. But you know, it's it's just a few people out there in the world that you like. This nah, for sure, is is, is wild. Then, you and, know? and I got a, uh, I'm petty. Like yeah. I hold up. It's something I need to go to therapy and talk to my uh, what you call it thought partner. Thought partner yeah. about is I'll hold a grudge. It's people from third grade that I'll I, like. <laughs> if I see you, I got a problem with you because yeah. of something very small. Like I'm I'm bad about that. That's yeah. something I need to work on. In bad business. I call it the voicemail graveyard. Yeah. You're just yeah. going into the voicemail. You got, yeah, you got a tombstone sure. in the voicemail graveyard. But it's like doing bad business with That's people. It. It's just like if we do something and I say, yo, Matt, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep my word. Right. And he, nobody could ever say, yo, he put his name on something and didn't show up or didn't perform. or They're going to say, yo, we got more than what we paid for. That's it. Every time Leave I do people something. better than you found them. Mm-hmm. And people always love that about me. Even the people that would talk shit about me or hate me, they invite me out because of that reason. They yeah. like, I I don't like him, but I gotta respect what he do. That's you it. know what I'm saying? You may not like, like me, but you're gonna respect me. Right. And That's how I it. execute and deliver. Yep. All right, so you left Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. You opened Kitchen Cray. How many restaurants now? We have two and one on the way. We ended up closing one down in um DC due to like it's a big story out there. Racism. I read it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the ANC. Um, and it's a lot. They they doing a lot of black businesses dirty in D.C. Like, it's, I just had a voice. So once I started talking about it, it kind of went viral. All the news stations started picking it up. And then you just seen a whole bunch of other black owners like, hey, I'm dealing with that, too. Yeah. But they just don't have the too. same platform with a the voice. They don't have the platform. And it's like the ANC, they don't want to get to... I, I will always tell them, I'm a nice person. If I'm your neighbor, come, let's get to know each other. Because you can come and get my number, and if you have a complaint, I can fix it right there within that hour. Yeah. How they were doing it was go past me since submitted to somebody. By the time it gets to me, it's already two weeks. So you already hate me. Yeah. Because I don't know this is bothering you. because it Communication. Took, yeah, it took two weeks to get to me when you could have just came to me and I could have fixed it in a few minutes. Right. So that that's like the gap that's going on with the communication gap with like the ANC and restaurants because it's just What's like the ANC for people that don't know. Um, what is it called? The, it's a area uh, neighborhood commission. So it's like a local yeah. civic group, like an HOA for businesses. Yeah, they volunteers too, which mm-hmm. is crazy. I'm like, y'all out here volunteer. It's like the person, like an HOA. Uh, they get perfect. It's, it's like the ticket person. Ah, oh. but. They don't get paid. It's just like, why are you putting the ticket on my car, bro? Like, you enjoy doing this? Yeah. Like, it's like they go to restaurants. You enjoy shutting down black restaurants in your community because you don't want us here? 
And then when we pull, and oftentimes it's probably because your restaurant is more busy than theirs, or and that's the thing. It's, so it's more the ANC is nothing but it's it's probably like one black person that sit on the board, so they would be quiet. It'd be like white, Asian, other race, whatever, whatever, and then one black person that's quiet. So like in D.C., it was Chocolate City at one point, and I'm just like, I'm bringing something that people love. We keeping the neighborhood safe. Providing jobs. Providing jobs. And to the tax basis. And then you're going to go around and um, write a statement and say, I'm bringing down the neighborhood because we, um, the way his clients dress. It's a restaurant. I'm like, what? It's a restaurant. And two, these guys, like, work for the mayor's office. Like, you don't even know what they do. Yeah. Just and because they got on the sweat, how they yeah, dress just because they ridiculous. got on the sweatsuit or or something that they think looks nice and you don't yeah. like it, how is that wrong? Like, if you would have read this statement, I was just like, and it's on the government official site, and I'm just like, post it on social media to see what the people say, and they got mad at me, and I'm just like, all I did was take it off it, the government site, which anybody can public see, public knowledge, and made it's people aware domain. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't make this up. These are not my words. You guys wrote that. Then they're like, we're getting threats and this and that. So we ended up closing. You made your bed. Yeah, we, we ended up closing because the landlord, he basically was like, he don't want to go to war with them. He's not going to fight. Um, basically, we got out, and we're taking it to Baltimore. Where Got a, a rough idea of when that's going to open? We, we probably like this summer. Late, late summer. The Cray in, in Baltimore. Yeah, the Cray in Baltimore. And we got, a, we got a sauce on the way, too. We got the sauce. Let's, let's hear about that we, before we, we wrap we, this up. Look, and we locking you in on it, too. So this is our sauce right here, the Carry Out Sauce Mumbo, D.C., 100%. Tour coming soon. We're going to work mm-hmm. on these tour dates. Major cities. We're going to have fun. Like, I feel like that's get how we get back. Get back to the community. Yeah, give I feel like that's good how food to the people. Give food to the people. The people are able to touch us, reach us, connect with us, communicate with us, and, you know, just have a good time. I'm going to pass the sauce to Dan. See what Dan got to say. No, I mean, again, this and is And I tried sauce. it. It's, it's great. It's good, right? And Dan I mean, from D.C. I'm not from I'm D.C., I'm from D.C. So. I mean, Mambo Sauce was born out of carryouts. You know, and if, if you've ever been to a carryout, you get the container, you get the liner, you got the checkered liner. So, again, we were really thoughtful on how we wanted to develop and present the brand and the logo we wanted to invoke positive emotion. We yeah. want people to get excited about it. We want the logo and the brand to align with the, the taste and the experience. Yeah. And that's all how about we the came out, experience. And that's how we came out with the name. Gluten-free? Like, yeah. I, yo. So Only 12 grams of sugar. That's not bad. Yo. For my keto folks out there, it's not going <laughs> to ruin just, your diet too crazy. And how we came out with the name, we were all, like, trying to overthink it. We were. And then one night, I just said, because... My boy Wale, he was like, yo, it got to be something slick. Yeah. So I said, what can I do? I hit up Dan. I'm like, how you feel about the carryout? Because I'm like. It's dope. The and logo like, is fly. I was like, done. You, you go. got to think about it because the carryout is universal. Right. It's the, local. It's homegrown. Yeah. Any, any hood got to carry out. And then the carryout box. Like when you see that box, you know. You got some fried chicken in there, French, French fries, fries that you're going to throw in the And the sauce. Up. Yeah. So it's beautiful. That, that was the thought behind it, just being slick. I can't wait. Being, tomorrow we're going to shoot some videos and, and, yeah. and put that to use. We're going to put it to use. We got one nice dish that's coming. 
Looking yeah. forward to that. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Yes, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll do more of these and look out for the tour. Look out for the Cray in Baltimore. Look out for Mambo Sauce or the Carry Out Mambo Sauce. Hitting the, we're trying to get it out soon. We don't got a release date yet, but yeah. you know, check the Instagram. What's your Instagram? Um, Give everybody Mr. Your... Mr. Shafito, M R C H E F F I T O. On Instagram. On Instagram. Getting a YouTube channel started soon. Getting the I YouTube. heard. We, yeah, we, yeah, we, we about to work with this guy, man. You know, we gonna make it happen. And then on TikTok, I'm new to TikTok, Mr. Shafito too. Go blow him up on, on TikTok. Yeah, we got. Yeah. I've seen your, your stuff with Danny Grubbs is dope. I like yeah, how Danny you turn twenty dollars into, into something special. We got we got to do one together. I like that. I want to do one. I talked, but I actually talked to Danny. We might do one together soon. Come on, let's if do it. If we do the mambo sauce, we'll give you the parking lot price too at the mambo. I need sauce. it. I we need the parking lot price. All right. Well, I feel like we should throw like a secret ingredient the next time we do it. Let's do it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put us in a group. Today. We were talking about doing a mystery box where I get the guys to go. Pick a bunch of random shit from the store, come back, and I just got to make something. You got to make it happen. Yeah, I like that. That's, <laughs> Yo, that's something we're going we're gonna to drop yeah, soon. Yeah, come on. But we'll, we'll, you, you guys will see him more. We'll do uh, you know, more of these. He'll probably be on the podcast again. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for the tour. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.